everyone, and welcome back to Recovering You. This is a podcast, if you haven't been here before and you're just joining us, this is a podcast where we help you to recover the genuine, kind, loving, in control, and amazing person that you were before addiction seemed to come in and just take a big, well, I... <laughs> Maybe, maybe I shouldn't say that. I was going to say a big crap on your life because <laughs> that's what addiction does, though. I mean, it that's, comes that's in, what it feels just, like. It really just craps on your life and makes everything miserable. So uh, pardon the, the, the PG-13 <laughs> verbiage there. I'm your host, Cameron Harrison. I'm joined once again by Chris Sexton. And we are so hey, glad and so blessed to, to have you here again. Chris, Absolutely. welcome to another amazing recording session about recovery. Thank you. Excited to be here. Excited to, to go through what we've got outlined today. I think uh, people are really going to like it. I, I hope so too. And, and, and if you, I, but if you don't, don't email have, us. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, on, on the note of emailing yeah. us, I actually recently received uh, someone, someone reached out to me, not through our email, which you're all uh -huh. welcome to do. This person, uh, they, they reached out and I just want to read a little segment of that about what they said that I think is just really cool. And it, it really humbled me the, the way they said this. So uh, his name is Richard. I'm not going to share anything else about him uh, just for, for the sake of confidentiality. But uh, Richard said, hey, I listened to all the episodes of your podcast early this morning. So the guy just binged us, which it is awesome. I mean, we must be doing something right. If you're um, trying to fill time at 2 a.m., we're a good option. <laughs> It's true. I just had the disclosure conversation with my wife as a result of your story. It has been a long morning full of raw, sensitive emotions. I just wanted to thank you for sharing your story and your inspired words. They helped me to make the first few steps in recovering myself from this hell I have been living in. Thank you. Now, this just, oh, it, it blew me awesome. away. Yeah, so powerful. It, it, it looked like you, were, you had something you wanted to say there. No, I was just saying that was awesome. That's, you know, talk about making a decision, pulling, you know, jumping out of that plane and not looking back. Good yeah. for you, Richard. And, and I'm just, I'm really honored to have had to, to have been placed in that storyline that I could be a character in that book and be someone that helped him get to a place where, yeah, things might be a little bit rocky right now, but he's on the path of recovery. Things are out in the open and now the healing can begin. So super awesome. Also, I, he actually, I, I'm like scrolling down through these messages. He, he reached out to me again. And apparently after listening to our episode last week, uh, reached out to me and said, so I just listened to your episode about building your team. And you mentioned in there that you shouldn't have your wife as your accountability partner. And his, his next sentence was, my wife has been my accountability partner. So, which, Hey, that's all right. That's all, yeah, learn as yeah. we go here. Right. But Which I was like, totally normal. Most people don't realize that that actually puts more of a burden on them. And so, um, he and I have set up an, an arrangement to, uh, to, to work together for a little bit. And if things don't work out with us, that we're going to help him find someone else, but ultimately to allow his wife, the space and time to, to heal after the bombshell that she received, and allow him the, the opportunity to gain control or regain control over 
his own storyline, his own recovery, so that he doesn't have to put that burden on his wife of checking in with him, of making sure that everything's okay, but that he can just say, look, uh, I've spoken to my accountability partner. I'm up to date on everything. I'm doing well. And that's all she needs to know. And then she can go about her business and heal. So I think that's, that's awesome that he's going through all this and really taking those proactive steps. Yeah, that's super powerful. And, and we're going to drill down on this today, but I think Richard's story is, is a great case uh, that we can all hold up and, and say, you're going to learn as you go with recovery. You know, this process of recovery, it's a lot like having a kid for the first time. It doesn't come with a, with a comprehensive manual. Um, there's going to be curveballs, and you just do your best. And if you're, you're being intentional about your recovery, it's going to be okay. It's going to work out. You're, you know, you might step to the left when you should step to the right and you'll figure it out and you'll keep moving. Those things are all going to serve to strengthen you, to um, inform your decisions in the future and to get you that much more solidified in, in your new uh, recovered self. So don't get discouraged. Don't get down on yourself. If, if you feel like you're making a mistake, it's, it's just all learning and it's all stuff that's going to be able to come around and benefit you and benefit other people down the road. So good job, Richard. Keep up the good work. Awesome. Awesome. Yep. Richard, you are a beast. You are a powerhouse. You got this. Go out there and just conquer this addiction. Um, I, I also, I wanted to take a, a little moment here, if I may. And I actually, I, I want to offer a little bit of an apology. As I've gone back and listened to some of these episodes, which, you know, I, we can't go back and re-record everything. I have been, though, I, I've noticed, I've been kind of half-hearted in my jumping fully into what this podcast is all about. I I've realized I've really tried to kind of tiptoe around making things too much about God or about religion or about my, my beliefs. And by doing so, I feel like I've actually been less genuine and less connected to the true message of, of my recovery because my recovery, the foundation of that is so much based on my beliefs and my relationship that I believe I have with my heavenly father, that if it wasn't for those beliefs, I wouldn't be where I am. And I owe a lot more credit to my heavenly father and to the atonement of Jesus Christ. My recovery would not exist without Christ. It, it wouldn't be there. I love that. I love how you call that out. And, and I do want to say recovery, if, if you're not of the Christian persuasion, uh, recovery is still possible, right? Absolutely. We're, we're, we're going to talk about, we fuse the spiritual with the physiological, with the yes. psychological, with um, the psychology of it all. Um, so there's still stuff in here for you. What we have found, and Cameron, you said it powerfully and eloquently, what we have found and experienced is that exploring and developing that relationship with your heavenly father and with Christ, it supercharges your recovery. So if, if you have been a, a believer or a Christian in the past and you've strayed or your addiction has made you wonder if you are still good enough um, or allowed to come back, the answer to that is yes, you are. Uh, if, if it's new to you and you haven't really considered it, uh, we simply offer it up for your consideration of our personal experience, our personal observations, that from where we sit, it's something that's real and that's powerful and that's available to help you cement uh, your recovery in a way that maybe hasn't 
happened in the past for you. Right. So I, I love, I love the way you share that and uh, invite everyone to, to take time after this podcast to really think about that. Yeah. Don't, don't just dip your toe in this guys cannonball into your recovery. <laughs> really just full fledged holler at the top of your lungs. You know, you're coming in full, just full force. And by doing so, I think you're going to receive a lot more strength. But I really also love what you said that we, we try and mess the, phys- the physiological with the spiritual um, because that really did lighten our burdens as, as uh, well, it, it lightened my burdens as I went on this road. I, I know that um, you haven't really traveled the same roads as me, but that doesn't mean you also don't understand with the mentoring that you've done and the people that you've helped in the, the studying and the classes you've taken, you totally understand what's going on in these people's lives as well. So uh, I really appreciate what you said and the insight that you gave there. So now jumping into what we're going to talk about today, um, should, should I just like sit here in silence and make people wait <laughs> and then say, were you patient through that or did you yeah. get annoyed? <laughs> yeah, no, I would get annoyed at that. So let's yeah. just, <laughs> okay, we'll just jump in. Let's so we're do gonna, it. We're going to talk about patience today. Um, we're we're going to get uh. into a little bit of the importance, the importance of patience and time. Now, this might be something that you think are just really, do, do, do these topics really deserve their own episode? I mean, Chris, what, what do you think? Do you think this is that important of a concept or is this kind of like we could talk about it for five minutes and be done? Well, and that's, and that's the irony of it, right? Is most people only want to talk about patience for five minutes and, <laughs> you know, okay, I got it. I've had enough okay, yeah. patience check. Um, but, but patience, I believe, uh, you, and I, I believe the listeners are going to come away seeing things. I hope the same way we do is, is patience is a powerful tool in your recovery toolbox. It's something that is overlooked. It's something that's misunderstood, and it's something that, as you really uh, kind of dig down into it, it unlocks new avenues of meaning in your in your recovery. It unlocks a new um, sense of self, a new a sense of purpose, a new sense of understanding how you're going to reach your potential. Um, so there's so much that goes into patience, and and I would invite folks to after listening to this, you know, just see what's out there, see about the the psychology, what's been written and published about patients. I think it's going to kind of blow your mind. So Absolutely. we're, we're going to, we're going to do what we can to do it justice, but there's so much out there. So when, when I think of patients, um, I, I've actually been, I've been thinking about this a lot this, this week. Um, and I started, uh, I asked myself, Hey self, who, who's the most patient person, you know, and my first thoughts went to people I know, you know, in my family, you know, my, my wife's a very patient person. I've got some, some extended family that are very patient people. And then I was like, oh, duh, slap, slap head to face here or slap hand to face here. <laughs> Christ, God are the most patient beings that you could possibly imagine. How many times do we come back and say, uh, so I messed up again. Now we, as people, I don't know about you, but when, when your kids keep coming back or keep making the same mistakes or keep not listening, we eventually lose patience and we raise our voice, right? Yeah. Our, our heavenly father is completely the opposite. As many times as we come back, he essentially sits us down and says, okay, if you're willing to make the changes, here's what we can do. Let's move forward on a positive note. The atonement has been made. So you've been forgiven. So now let's just progress and do better from here. 
but there's there's no yelling there's no like if you do it again i'm gonna spank you you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's it i'm counting to three and then yeah (laughs) come back to the path path of righteousness one two (laughs) okay i'm coming back i'm coming back (laughs) yeah yeah no that's so true and and i'm and i'm I'm really anxious actually to hear, um, as you've thought about this, I'd love to hear how your views on patients have changed from when you first started to where you are today. Because my sense is that a lot of people listening today think that patience is just trying to wait it out, or it's biting your tongue while your great aunt Ethel tells you the same story for the 15th time. Um, you know, I think, or it's that really calm person who just smiles and nods as their eyes glaze over you know and i think we have the wrong sense of what patience is and uh, what you highlighted i th- highlighted with um, our savior and our heavenly father is so true it's not like they're sitting around they are working endlessly day in day out they have no other distracting hobbies in the universe they're working while they wait for us to choose to let them in to help us. So I don't know if you want to get into that now or if there's another uh, topic we need to, to follow, but I, I'm really anxious to hear how has your perspective changed or what has patience meant to you, you know, now versus when you Absolutely. were at the beginning of, of your recovery journey. Yeah. I mean, you're anxious to, to hear about it. I'm anxious to talk. About yeah. It. I can't wait. Spit yeah. it out. I'm not waiting. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. No, let's go. go. Uh, I mean, oh, I'll, I'll sit here and wait. Right. Thank you. Be patient, Chris. <laughs> um, patience was one of the, probably one of the greatest trials that I had in, in my recovery. Because as I talked about in previous episodes, when, when I was kicked out of the house, it essentially became a game of constantly nudging my wife and saying, so when can I move back in the house? Even if we're, even if I live in a different room, like, like, you know, when, when are you going to talk to me again? When, and, you know, as our relationship progressed, when, when are we even going to be friends again? When are we going to date again? When are we going to hold hands and kiss again? You know, like when, when are these things going to happen? And just when I feel like, I feel like I've waited long enough. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, and that was my, my flawed brain. It was just, it had it all wrong because if you think about a timeline in our vision versus a timeline in an eternal perspective, my, my kind of full recovery from D-Day to renewing my vows with my wife was about three years. Now that's a long time. However, looking, looking back on it and looking at it through an eternal perspective for the the reward that was gained that time was a fraction of, of penance for the opportunity to be with my family forever. It it was worth it. Three years was nothing. It was time well-served. And I'm glad I didn't sit there and mark each day on my, you know, on, on my prison. (laughs) Scratched into the wall. Yeah. (laughs) Because I very could have, and, and at the beginning, I absolutely did that. And it was something that my wife, thanks to her counselor and going to um, Worth, which is also a program through Life Changing Services, she finally was given the, the know-how to explain like, look, the more that you sit there and nudge, 
the, the longer it's actually going to take me because every time you nudge, I just get more and more angry. It just reminds me what has happened to us. You're not letting me exist in my space and find my own healing. You're saying, I mean, we've, we've talked about her being in a body cast before, right? Yeah. And yeah. asking for a sandwich. It's okay, sure, maybe, maybe my hands are out of bandages now, but the rest of me is still casted and you're still asking for that sandwich. And all it did was more damage. And, so, and there's there's medical studies out there, right, to back that up about the the negative effect stress has on healing, whether that's physical or psychological. Oh yeah. I mean, even even a simple workout, right? You know, they've done studies that show your muscles rebound best after a workout if you can find find a way to just chill out for the next you know few hours. So yeah, wow. And it makes yeah. me think. It makes me think of for those of you listening. Uh, you probably don't know this about me, um, but that picture of, of Cameron and I on our Facebook page, we went and we hiked the Grand Canyon. It's something I love doing. I love doing hard hikes. It was amazing. And there's, there's, a, <laughs> there's, there's a, a saying in, in canyon hiking that what goes down must come up. So in other words, you, you've dropped yourself down into the bottom of the Grand Canyon. Now you have to go up. And... And the only thing that's, that's going to get you out is putting one foot in front of the other, no matter how tired you are. And you have to be patient with yourself. You have to be patient with your group. We hiked, how many of us were there? There was five of us, six of us. Yeah. Um, all great guys. Um, and we still just had to be patient with each other. Um, and so we talked about the beginning of this and I'm, I'm curious if you would agree with this or not. Um, we talked about at the very beginning of this podcast to be patient with yourself. You sometimes in your recovery, you're, you're going to go left when you should go right. And, and I think that spike, as you call him, uh, the devil, as I call him, that whatever that negative voice is going to say, you know, as you get down the road to recovery, it's going to say, Oh, well, look, if you had gone right instead of left, you'd be that much further along. But my, my point of view is that all of that serves to make you a, uh, a stronger, a better fortified, recovered person. And I don't know if you would agree with that. I don't know if you've reflected and said, man, I wish I would have done this, this, and this, or if, or if you would agree with me to the point of, you know, yeah, I might've messed up, but it all served a purpose to help me become who I am right now. Absolutely. Option B hundred <laughs> percent. Oh, good. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I completely agree with what you said there. And, and to, to add on to those things that Spike also talks about, it's not just like, hey, you know, if you would have made this choice, you, you would be here by now. And so you can get frustrated with yourself. But it also applies to, to other people like, like these people should forgive you by now that, you know, that the, the church should be letting you back mm. in by now. Um, your, your wife should yeah. be, your wife should be fine by now. You've, you're a totally different person. And, and this is, this was actually a really big struggle for, for my wife and I, is that I had actually gotten to a point where I was completely in control. I, I was getting hundreds of days of sobriety and, you know, it was just, I was going to meetings every week. I, I was doing well in interviews and getting ready to be rebaptized. And then I even got rebaptized and, and even all that, especially and this is where Spike really came in. I'm, I'm going to I'm change lanes here for just a second after i got baptized spike came in with this lie that was so believable but also so so bad he said 
now that you're baptized, that means you're completely forgiven. And if God has forgiven you and you've been baptized and are basically made clean again, why hasn't your wife forgiven you? Why won't she let you back into bed with her? Why, why can't you sleep in the same room? Why can't you hold hands and, and date? And it was one of those things that we do not operate as human beings on the same plane as celestial beings. As I, as I was told when I was first excommunicated, right after that, I was told by my stake president, you've been forgiven from this moment. God has forgiven you. The atonement has been paid. The, the, the moment is passed, the, the sin is done, and, and the price has been paid. And you've confessed, and you've come forward, and you've done your part. The forgiveness is there. Now comes the time that is needed for everyone else here in the world to process what has happened in order to find their own healing. And that comes from the church learning to trust that I will be capable of being rebaptized, of receiving the priesthood again. That means my, my wife, I mean, she still to this day, if we're watching something that uh, a movie that mentions an affair or cheating, it's very triggering for both of us. Yeah. And we, we typically turn it off. So, I mean, even though we're, we're good, we're, we're hundred percent, there's still those triggers there. And there, there always are going to be things that remind us of that. So yeah, sorry, sorry to kind of ramble and tangent there. No, I think, I think that's super powerful. I don't think it's, I don't think it's a ramble at all because I think the water gets muddied around this concept of forgiveness versus healing a lot. Um, you know, our heart can be changed in an instant. You hear about these people who have near death experiences or, you know, things that just, rattle them to their core and they live life differently from that day forward. Yeah. Addiction and recovery can be very much the same thing of you, you've hit rock bottom, you've come clean and you've, you've made that decision and you are changed. The way you look at the world is different. The way you think about yourself is, is changing for the better, but, and so, and so that means you're forgiven, but there's a whole lot of healing that has to take place. You know, if, especially if you've been in your addiction for years and years and decades, there's a whole lot of healing that has to happen, a whole lot of rewiring of your, your brain and your uh, mental processes that has to, has to happen. So I'm glad you talked about and movies because that's exactly where my head was going. Um, I don't know if you've ever been in a group where somebody else picks the movie and they're totally into it, uh, but you just cannot wait for it. that movie to be over. You know, <laughs> you're just counting down the minutes. Like, uh, what is, the it's back a stupid of this movie? It says this is 90 minutes. We've been in here for three days. And so, <laughs> you know, it's and so time is tricky, right? I mean, we all think, okay, 60 seconds in a minute, 60 minutes in an hour, 24 hours in a day, but man, that time it passes differently for different people based on on what they're going through and and what their experience is. So. For the addict who's recovering, some things will go super fast. And like you said, you'll be ready to move on to the next step with the people in your life. But for the people in your life, you know, they're, they're coming to terms with, with a lot of different things that you're, that you are throwing their way. And so they're moving almost on, on a different timeline than you are. And all, all that is going to help that is to just find good things to do and, and work on your recovery while you allow them the time and the space to get to the point where they feel like they're healed and they can move yeah, forward yeah. with you. I, 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 it makes me think of this phrase. Um, 
that is really key. And I think people should understand that this is actually a very healthy phrase. When they say, I forgive you, I just don't trust you right now. Mm-hmm. And by, by doing that, they're yeah. basically saying like, look, yes, I have it in my heart because I, I love you. Obviously, I love you. I'm, I'm still here. However, that doesn't mean that everything is just okay now. I need that time. I need to be able to process what has gone on. And so I, I don't want to talk in circles and stuff again. So what I, what I do want to do is um, switch gears a little bit here and jump into, you, have you ever watched those? <laughs> I'm kind of chuckling because I'm, I'm already seeing them flash in my mind. Those videos of like expectation versus reality. And they show like X game stars on like a motorcycle doing it, doing a jump and they do a cool trick and land it. And then it shows reality and it shows some, some backwater teenage kid jumping on a broke down bike and just eats dirt. And I feel, it's like, I feel like you're talking about me here. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. I've seen those. <laughs> yeah. the, have you seen your home videos? <laughs> yes, I have. You, I didn't realize you had, but yes, I, I have. Um, so <laughs> no, it's, it's like those Pinterest fails, right? There's this yeah. Here's what the cake should look like. Uh, here's, here's the reality when you do like. try and do it. Ugh. And you don't have all these things at your disposal to make it look professional like they did. So yeah. yeah. This this recovery and being patient and everything, it's very much like that. There's this expectation you build in your mind. I'm doing awesome. I I've never gone this long without having a relapse. I have never felt closer to God. I have never been able to think so positively about myself and say, you know what? Yeah, I am a good guy. God loves me. I know what my true intentions are. I know the desires of my heart. I'm going to be okay. And the reality is everyone else, everyone else around you is like, that's great. We're, we're happy that you're feeling that way. However, that, that doesn't resonate the same with me. So what my wife would tell me all the time was, I love seeing the direction that you're going. And when you get to a point in your journey that I feel like we can walk together, we will. So just keep going in your journey because you're doing great. And that, that's all she would say. It wasn't, okay, I'm willing to let this boundary come down. It was, I support you in the journey you've chosen in your life. Keep going. And that's, that's what I had to accept. It could, I, well, I wasn't there to push. I wasn't there to try and manipulate and try and make things work out in my favor. It was I can be happy and rejoice in the progress that I'm making and at the same time, not have to be trying to force others to feel the same way about my progress. Yeah. If if there's anything that I've seen that takes a wrecking ball to the momentum that you build in recovery, it's the phrase should be, Mm. you You don't, don't, don't should all over yourself. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Right. It's just like you said, I've, I've been doing these great things. I've been, you know, going to my meetings. I've got all these consecutive days of sobriety, sobriety. And so things should be like this. Things should be like that. These things should be happening and they're not. And you have to get to the point if you want to keep that momentum to let go of what you think should be and focus on what is, and then what you can do with what is, and to find ways in your reality to use your time in meaningful ways that promote healing for the people around you. And like you said, help you keep going in the direction that you're going so that when those people feel ready, they're back on your team, they're back in your life and you can rebuild 
the life that you want to have together. And when they're back in your life, they will be back more fully invested in that teamwork than ever before. There won't be that hesitancy because they will see the true person that you have recovered, that that person you've dug up that disappeared so long ago from addiction. They will say, no, 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 this is the guy I'm going to follow into battle. This is the one I trust with, with my emotions, with my feelings. This is a person I can rely on to know that what they're saying is something that's well thought out and that what they're telling me is something that I know to be true. I know they're not lying to me anymore. I, I had this really cool thought. I know, I know I've talked about it before that I have, I, I missed out and, and was asked to wait on my receiving of the priesthood. Yeah. By, by the church. And, yeah. and like I said, I know I brought this up before, but the, the revelation that just seemed to come to me just now was I've been sitting here agonizing over why, what, why, when, when I'm living a life worthy of a priesthood holder, when I'm living a life that I should, <laughs> I <laughs> yeah. should be able to receive that priesthood. Why was I asked to wait? And it just occurred yeah. to me now as like a little voice in my head saying, is it not fair that I also ask for a little bit more time to trust that you're ready? Is it not fair for the church to ask that? Is it not fair for God to say, I just need to know a little bit more. I need to have a little bit more confidence in your journey before I give you such a sacred thing to take care of. And trying not to slip into to shame and, and feel bad that, you know, it's like here I was like before when I would push and prod my wife to say like, when, when can I come back into the house here? I was saying to God, when can I come back into the priesthood? And I wasn't accepting his answer of saying, I just need a little bit more time. Yeah. And that's so powerful. And I think that there's a, there's a concept here that's that's important for people to under, to understand um, if they haven't come to terms with it yet. When we're in the throes of our addiction, we intentionally or unintentionally are blind to the fact that people are are honed in on there's things that aren't quite right, and so because they care about us, they're carrying our water. You know, they're they're picking up our slack, and so by by letting go of what should be and, and adjusting to this new, the new reality and the new timetables, it allows that healing to crystallize so that when you're a team again, it's not the old team. It's not God. It's not your spouse carrying the extra weight of your addiction. It's you and God and your spouse saying, we have this brand new start. What amazing things are we going to go chase together? You know, and, and she's not worried about, okay, well, I've got to pack an extra this, or I've got to make sure to remember that, or God's not saying, okay, I've got to build in time for pit stop here because I know this is going to happen. And, and so I hope what comes out of this realization is not that more shame or embarrassment or you not you listeners not thinking oh you know i guess i wasn't as as covering it as well as i thought i would but what i hope you take away from this is this concept of that you're someone who's worth waiting around for even if it's just you and god who start out that team you the person you are becoming the person you're recovering who you thought was lost 
that's someone worth waiting around for. It's someone worth being patient for, investing the time in. I love that. So, so, so take that away um, from tonight. Write that down. Put it up in your mirror. You are someone worth waiting around for. The person you're recovering is worth the patience and the time that it takes to get back. Absolutely. So to just kind of close out, um, I, I remember being asked by my stake president because you know he he said it's it's at least a year, and I was like, okay, uh, at least a year till you can be rebaptized. I was like, mm-hmm. okay, cool. So like, and in my head, immediately building up that expectation. Yeah. Put it in One your year. phone. <laughs> yep. yep. Set, put it, put it in your down. phone because <laughs> I'm, I'm going to nail this. So uh, two years later. <laughs> <laughs> One thing led to another. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I, I love what you said, Chris, that, you know, that, that person that we are recovering, that person we're trying to dig up that was, or, or bring out that was lost is, is worth the time. Uh, my stake president also asked me, what if it takes five years, Cameron? And, you know, my, my, my stomach sunk a little bit and he goes, what if it takes 10? Are you still going to keep going to church every week? You still going to keep the commandments as you would, if you were a member of the church, you still going to do everything that you should, even if the church says 10 years and you can come back. And Again, this is another one of those situations that you know what the right answer is. <laughs> However, in that moment, that there was there was a very heavy, dark cloud hanging over my head that was like, could I and would I go 10 years or more? And that's the attitude that you need to have when you get into recovery is it doesn't matter how long it takes. What matters is what you said, Chris, is that we are recovering that person that God intended to exist in this life. So the, the over, overall lesson that I've kind of picked up from our discussion today is be patient with others in their healing process. Don't rush them. Let that, let that time be available for them to heal. Be patient with yourself. Don't rush yourself into this. Just keep stepping, you know, one step at a time out of that canyon day by day. And focus on who you are in the moment and not who you're going to be six months from now, who you're going to be a year from now. That person doesn't exist yet. Who exists is who's looking in the mirror at you right now. And if that is a good person, you're doing awesome. Absolutely. Absolutely. And just just to close out on this final thought. So if you follow us on Facebook, we're on Facebook, Recovering You. Um, there's two groups out there. We're the one with the uh, logo that looks like the one on our podcast. I had tried to put a cover photo up of, of this hike out of the Grand Canyon. And um, uh, in the bottom, I thought it was very inspirational. And I showed it to, to you. And you kind of said, you know, in the bottom, there's this mule train and you just see the backside of the mules, right? And so... Um, if you've ever hiked the Grand Canyon, you know what I'm talking about. There's these trains of eight or 10 or more mules sometimes. And uh, you know what they say, if you're not the lead mule, the view never changes. When you're going up out of the canyon, sometimes you're going to feel like you're just staring at the south end of a northbound mule. And <laughs> and I, we joked about it, but I'm from a small town growing up and I'm proud of that. And there's this simple saying that, that, I, that I go back to in hard times. Um, and it's the only way to it is through it. So mm. 
I would leave leave it on that today is for me, you're doing what you should be doing. Your recovery is unique to you. And the only way to that end state, that that goal of recovering the person that you want to be is to go through it, to, to invest the, the time, to be patient, to manage expectations versus reality, and to have faith that who you're going to find is who you're meant to be because it, it will be on that. We're going to, we're going to send you guys off to go out there and conquer your addictions and be awesome. Um, make sure that you uh, take, take the time to just take a moment and recognize how far you've come and then be patient with what's left to come. You guys are amazing. Stay, celebrate stay, the wins, celebrate the wins, <laughs> celebrate who you are because you are awesome. You are loved and you are worth it. So let's get out there and uh, recover who you are. We'll see you next week, guys.